My name is Reverend Brandy Rigsby, and I want to take a moment to welcome each of you here this morning. If you're joining us online, we welcome you as well. If you are joining us online, please check in, let us know you're here, say hello to one another, and know that Mark is in the back responding to any questions you may have. So feel free to stay engaged in that way. And as you go home this week, uh, make sure you check those messages and say hi to one another, those who couldn't be here with us this morning as well. I want to take just a moment to offer a few announcements and reminders. Um, our food pantry has offered an update. Um, thanks to donors and some large shopping trips recently, the food pantry shelves are now well stocked. So they are very appreciative of all the donations you and many others in our community have given to meet the needs of those right here in Ada. However, we still need a few more volunteers during the month of August. There is a way to register online to serve um, in the food pantry during the month, or you can also contact Beth Gray if you would like some more information. We are continuing our sneaker drive for the Ada Elementary School. We have the shopping cart out there with uh, um, some tags on it that say, shows, or, what is it, shoe some love. So we are showing our love to our students this year by collecting new or nearly new sneakers. These are shoes that the kids may need for daily wear, but they're also required to keep a pair at the school for gym class, which is just an extra expense for some families that makes it a little hard. So if you're able to donate um, either shoes or uh, money to purchase shoes, we appreciate that. And we are hoping to have those um, ready to go by August 11th, and then we'll take them into the school, and those will be distributed as needed to the students and the elementary and maybe even the high school as well. So I want to thank you for those who have already given, and if you can still, we would greatly appreciate that. Also, if you can mark your calendars, August 27th, which will be here before we know it, we are going to celebrate Back to School Sunday with our blessing of the backpacks, our promotion of our kindergartners and fourth graders who will receive Bibles this year, and we will also top it off with a potluck after church to welcome back the ONU students. So again, that's August 27th during the worship service and then afterwards. So already, I have asked Andy Pfeiffer to be in charge of this. She's already got it figured out. <laughs> Sent me the text this morning with all the details. We already have main dishes covered, people assigned to take care of that. All you have to do is bring some sides, some salads, and desserts, and then show up ready to eat. So again, please mark your calendars for August 27th. We will enjoy a wonderful worship service. Um, I think more celebratory for the parents who are sending kids back to school than for the kids and teachers, but we'll celebrate all the way around. Now, dear friends, I invite us as we enter into this time of worship, may we come with open hearts. May we come ready to receive God's spirit that is already at work in this place. I invite you, will you join me in an attitude of worship?
Please stand as you're able and join with me responsibly the call to worship, please. One like the psalmist, we worship with faithfulness and longing. Turn our hearts to love, turn our eyes to truth. May our worship be your praise. May our lives be holy offerings. Amen. Please remain standing and let's sing our first hymn, uh, number 77 in the hymnal, How Great Thou Art.
seated. <laughs> hmm. The first scripture reading is from uh, the Common English Bible. It'll be uh, the book of Psalm number 119, verses 33 to 40. And it's on page 476 in your pew Bible, or you can follow along on the screen. Lord, teach me what your statutes are about, and I will guard every part of them. Help me understand so I can guard your instruction and keep it with all within my heart. Lead me on the trail of your commandments, because that is what I want. Turn my heart to your laws, not to greedy grain. Turn my eyes away from looking at worthless things. Make me live by your way. Confirm your promise to your servant, the promise that is for all those who honor you. Remove the insults that I dread, because your rules are good. Look how I desire your precepts. Make me live by your righteousness. The word of the Lord for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Now let's sing our hymn of grace. Come thou font of every blessing, verses 1 and 3. You can follow along the hymnal, page 400, or on the screen. time I'd like to invite our children forward. Anybody ready to go back to school? No. Oh, you like school? I hate school. Oh. Kindergarten. You know why I need my kids to go back to school? Because they've eaten all of the food in our house. No, we haven't. They're constantly eating. They're hangry all the time. Yes. 
You know what, I got to thinking this week, and I've got some questions for you. You gotta be honest with me, okay? Are you gonna be honest? All right. If someone hits you, do you immediately run back and give them a hug? No. No? What do you do? Tell on a teacher. Okay, so those are some good answers. All right. How about if someone steals your favorite toy? Do you go and get another toy and bring it and give it to them? No. no. Why not? Oh, so you know, I got to think, we don't do those things, but do you know what Jesus says in the Bible? He says that we are supposed to love our enemies. Do you think that's a very easy thing to do? Is it easy to love your enemies? No, it's not. It is not always an easy thing to do, but... Jesus does say it's something that we can learn to do. So I wanted to do an experiment with you this morning. I need one volunteer. Let's see, Henry, why don't you be my volunteer? I'm gonna have you come over here. <clears throat> I need you to stand right here. And what you're gonna do is you try to hold your arms down, or you're gonna try and hold them, you're gonna try and push up with all your muscles while I'm holding your arms down. So start them down here. All right, and we're gonna work really, really hard. You have to work really hard at this, okay? I hope you're not stronger than me. I probably should have picked a smaller one. <laughs> but for about 30 seconds, we're gonna do this, and then I'm gonna let go, and we're gonna see what happens, okay? All right, you ready? Push, keep pushing, push. Do you guys know what muscle memory is? Have you ever heard that term before? What's muscle memory, Josie? Yes. Yeah, like when you practice soccer a lot, you develop muscle memory, your muscles learn how to do that thing. Oh, you're barely pushing, come on, keep pushing. Keep pushing. All right, you ready? Let's see what happens. We wanna see what happens when I let go of his arms. Are you pushing as hard as you can? I thought you would be stronger than that. Keep pushing, keep pushing. You ready? Now, now just let, let him drop at your side. Can't you drop him? Oh, was it kinda hard? Okay, this was a little um, rough experiment here. But if you guys ever do this at home, you can stand in a doorway and you push your arms out against the doorway or you have someone else do it. What happens afterwards? Your arm, yes, your arms just raise up on their own. And it's exactly as Josie said, that's called muscle memory. So your arms have been working really hard and then all of a sudden when they don't, they just do it on their own. They remember what it's like to push hard like that. All right, so when Jesus tells us to love our enemies, we know that's something that's not easy to do right away, but we can almost learn muscle memory with loving others. We can make it a habit. How do we do that, Cooper? Do we just have to practice like anything else? Yeah, yeah, we have to practice loving others. So when somebody takes something from you or somebody's mean to you, instead of your first instinct being, to, do, to take revenge, to do something back to them, we have to practice showing love and being patient and caring for others. And what happens after we do that for a long time? We just can't help it anymore. You're absolutely right. It becomes a habit and we just have to do it. So that's what we're gonna work on as the start of the coming school year as making it a habit, a muscle memory. We practice it so much, loving others no matter what, that it just becomes something we have to do. 
Very good. All right, so let's take a moment, and I want to say, will you guys say a prayer with me? All right, let's pray together. Good and loving God, we know that we are called to love everyone, but sometimes it's hard. We need you to fill us with your love so that we can share that love even with people who are hard to love. Amen. All right, you can join Miss Anna for Children's Church. Thank you. Before we get to the second scripture reading, I have some words of inspiration from the book of James, chapter 1, verse 4. And let steadfastness have its full effect, that you may be perfect and complete, lacking in nothing. So our second scripture reading is from the New Revised Standard Version Bible, book of Matthew, chapter 5. Verses 38 to 42 is about concerning retaliation, and 43 to 48 is about love for enemies. You have heard that it was said, an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth. But I say to you, do not resist an evildoer. But if everyone strikes you on the right cheek, turn the other one also. And if anyone wants to sue you and take your shirt, Give your coat as well. And if anyone forces you to go one mile, go also the second mile. Give to the one who asks of you, and do not refuse anyone who wants to borrow from you. You have heard that it was said, you shall love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I say to you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you so that you may be children of your Father in heaven. For he makes his sun rise on the evil and on the good and sends rain on the righteousness and on the unrighteousness. For if you love those who love you, what reward do you have? Do not even the tax collectors do the same? And if you greet only your brothers and sisters, what more are you doing than others? Do not even the Gentiles do the same? Be perfect, therefore, as your heavenly Father is perfect. The word of the Lord for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Well, good morning. My name is Brandy, and I am a perfectionist. Any other perfectionist here this morning? Some of those hands shot right up. (laughs) Some had to get nudged a little bit from the spouse sitting next to them. But now that we know those of you who are perfectionists, I have another question. I want to ask, do we have among us anyone today who is perfect? Oh, wow. You thought about putting your hand up. Karen stopped you, huh? (laughs) No one wants to claim that status. 
Well, I was going to say, if anybody is and you just didn't want to raise your hand, you can stop me after church and let me know what I did wrong and how I can do better next time, okay? But before we just laugh at the impossibility and move on, I have to ask, what if Jesus was serious? Because, friends, when Jesus said all those things, and we say, well, only in a perfect world, Things like love your enemies, turn the other cheek, go the second mile, and are you ready for this one? Be perfect. He was absolutely serious. Today, as we continue our Hard Sayings of Jesus sermon series, we find ourselves encountering one of Jesus' most controversial and even politicized statements. This passage is actually part of a larger message that Jesus gave known as the Sermon on the Mount. And a lot of the Sermon on the Mount left his listeners perplexed, but this passage in particular has caused a lot of debate and disagreement over the past millennia. And so if we find ourselves today kind of bristling at Jesus' words, well, no, you are in the company of many, many others. Because when we hear things like, turn the other cheek, we can't help but say, are you kidding? And be treated like a doormat? Love your enemies. Yeah, right. How can we do that without losing all of our power? or go the second mile, or be perfect. Surely he wasn't serious. Because none of that would work in the real world. But here's the thing. Not only was Jesus serious, but he was actually laying these out as commands. Just as we heard last week, we hear here also, that Jesus was and set, he is setting out a vision for God's kingdom that defies everything we know to be true in this world. In fact, critics have long criticized Jesus, too idealistic, maybe even bordering on the absurd. In the words of Ayn Rand, who's a political philosopher, she was an author, she once wrote, if any civilization is to survive, it is the morality of altruism that men have to reject. And even before that, Karl Marx said, the social principles of Christianity, they preach cowardice, self-contempt, submissiveness, and humbleness. And as even we probably know, turning the other cheek, loving your enemies, that's not the way to get ahead in this world. But maybe that's exactly the point. As Reverend Dave Luz writes, Jesus wasn't trying to modify the rules of this world. He was calling the rules of this world into question. Jesus' words were and are hard to bear because they turn the very world as we know it upside down. But I suspect that Jesus knew exactly what he was doing. 
He knew his audience, and his audience knew the law. So he picked up right where they would have left off. You've heard it said. And then he went on to quote from Exodus 21, 24, words that he and his listeners would have known by heart. You've heard it said, if any harm follows, then you shall give life for life eye for eye, tooth for tooth, hand for hand, foot for foot, burn for burn, wound for wound, and stripe for stripe. And when I hear that, do you know what it sounds like? Justice. And I have to admit, that makes sense to me. In fact, I remember a time when I was driving Haley home from preschool, And as we're driving, she began to tell me about a girl who had put mulch in her hair at recess. Oh, I was fired up. The mama bear rage came out, and I turned around and I snapped back. You tell her not to do that again. You don't have to be her friend. You tell her to leave you alone. And I'll never forget what happened next. Three-year-old Haley looked up at me and quietly And gently, she said, it's okay, Mom. My friend Jenna helped me get it out of my hair. And I told Mari we could still be friends. You've heard it said, an eye for an eye, but I say to you, if anyone strikes you on the right cheek, turn the other also. But I got to tell you, hearing what Jesus says next, It feels almost hopeless. Be perfect as your Father in heaven is perfect. How am I supposed to do that? How are we supposed to be perfect? But here's what we have to ask. What did Jesus really mean? What did he mean when he said, be perfect? You see, our definition of the word perfect means entirely without flaws or defects. To be flawless. But that's not actually the definition or the word that Jesus was using here. The Greek word that is used in Matthew's text is teleos, which actually means to be whole, to be complete, to be mature. See, the word perfect in English sounds static. You are either perfect or you are not. But in the Greek of the New Testament, the word perfect exists in a more dynamic, in a fluid sense. It is something that you become. And when we understand Jesus' command to be perfect in this sense, suddenly it helps us to reframe this whole passage. So you see, maybe Jesus wasn't actually commanding something of us, but commending something already in us. Again, in the words of Reverend David Luz, he says, perhaps Jesus knows that we have more to give, that we can be, we can do more than we have settled for. And so perhaps now we can begin to hear in his words, be perfect, an invitation. 
an invitation to become the people that God has always intended us to be, to become the people that God created us to be. We are God's children. We are created in God's image. And maybe, maybe if we can grow, if we can learn to love like God loves, maybe we can also learn to be perfect in love, to become whole as our Father in heaven is perfect and whole. I want you to listen for a moment to how Eugene Peterson translates this passage in the message. It says, in a word, what I'm saying is grow up. You were made in the image of God. Now live like it. Live out your God-created identity. Be perfect. You see, those aren't the words of a harsh taskmaster. Those are the words of a loving father. But they're also challenging words. They challenge us to ask those hard questions of our own lives. Because living as a disciple demands that we be honest with ourselves that we acknowledge where we have compromised, where we have settled, where we have maybe even given up. And perhaps Jesus' message for us has been right there in front of us all along. You see, I had Chuck read this morning from the NRSV translation of this passage in Matthew to hear those words, be perfect. But now I want to read from you, for you again from verse 48, but this time from the Common English translation. It says, Therefore, just as your heavenly Father is complete in showing love to everyone, so also you must be complete. To love as God loves. That's what it means to be perfect. When we extend love and compassion, not just to those we like or those who are like us. It's easy to love our family, our friends, those who agree with us, those who vote like us, those who hold the same values, those who speak the same language. But this call to be perfect it means learning to love those who are most unlike us, even those who hate us. We're called to pray for them, to care for them, to love them. So friends, if we truly are to be perfect as Jesus commanded, then we must grow not only in our desire, but in our ability to love as God loves. I was reminded this week of a poem written by Teresa of Avila in the 16th century, and I'd like to close by sharing with you her words. Christ has no body but yours. No hands, no feet on earth but yours. Yours are the eyes with which he looks. 
compassion on this world. Yours are the feet with which he walks and does good. Yours are the hands with which he blesses all the world. Yours are the eyes. You are his body. Christ has no body now on earth but yours. Amen.
Thank you, Wendy and Connie. Now in this time, we pause in this moment. We reflect upon the many gifts and graces, the love that God has poured out on us. And we remember the call that Christ has placed upon our lives, asking that we give all that we are in service to God's kingdom. I'd like to, to invite you to stand and join with me as we sing the words of our doxology. Praise God from whom all blessings flow. Please rise as you are able. seated. As we enter into a time of prayer, may we come with the call of Christ ringing in our hearts. May we come listening for the sound of God's voice calling our names. And may we come with the confident assurance that God our Father hears our prayers. Will you join me in an attitude of prayer? Lord of heaven and earth, we are gathered today in your presence. We are gathered with thanksgiving and praise in our hearts for the ways in which you have revealed yourself to us. Through Jesus Christ, your son, we have come to know and love you. We have seen your mercy in action. We have caught a glimpse of your heart and we have heard your call to follow. Open our hearts now, O oh God. Open our hearts to the indwelling of your spirit. We pray that you will lead us in your truth and your way. And yet we recognize, while we long to follow you, to walk in the way that you have shown us, to know your commandments and to practice them, we confess that it is difficult to truly love everyone, to care as deeply for their well-being as for our own. Forgive us, O oh God, when we fail to do so. Teach us to love one another. We confess, Father, that often we act out of our own self-interest. We put our needs and desires ahead of the needs of others. Forgive us, O oh God. Teach us to live with generosity and compassion. We confess, Father, that it is so hard to love our enemies, to pray for their well-being, to act in their best interests. Forgive us, O oh God, when we fail to do so. 
Teach us to love even those who hurt or offend us. Forgive us. Redeem us. Fill us with your spirit. And now, as your children, we come to lift up our brothers and sisters in Christ. We lift up Connie Fleming's nephew, Kevin, who is suffering from multiple health issues and is awaiting a heart transplant. We pray, Lord, that Kevin and his family will experience your loving embrace as they face the days ahead. Give them thoughtful and discerning hearts as they make difficult decisions. And give them peace of mind at the end of each day. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayers. We lift up Ken Till's father, Richard, who recently entered hospice care. We pray for Richard and Ken and for all their family as they cope with this reality. Father, may your spirit fill them and give them strength in the midst of their pain. We pray, Lord, that Richard will find assurance and peace in your presence and your grace. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayers. We also lift up today Shirley Chambers and Tom Cassell, Rob McCurdy, Tom Evans, Nancy Fleming, Linda Epley, Nancy Allison, and Gary Clausen. We lift up to you, Lord, all those whom we hold close. We pray, Father, that your spirit will be at work in them, bringing peace and renewed faith. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayers. And now we pause in a moment of silence to lift up those unspoken prayers that lie on our hearts. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayers. We pray now, O oh God, for patience and endurance as we seek to journey with you this week. You have called us to become people full of love and grace and forgiving of others. Renew us. Transform us by your steadfast love. Help us to become the people that you created us to be, whole and complete, perfected in love. All these things we pray in the name of Christ, who taught us to say together, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, 
but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever. Amen. And now, as people of God, created and perfected in God's love, may we rise and sing together our closing hymn, number 382, Have Thine Own Way, Lord. Please stand as you are able. Christ has called us to do the impossible. Turn the other cheek. Pray for those who hurt you. Love your enemies. Christ calls us to be perfect in everything as God is perfect. Therefore, we pray today, God, by your steadfast love and grace, renew us, transform us into the people that you would have us to be. Call us to go forth to love and serve the Lord. Amen.